welcome everybody to the brand new show on the Brewing Network, Heads and Tails. I'm your host, Jason Petros, and of course here... Uh, well, I say, of course, like everybody should know this already, but maybe they should. Warren Billups. Yeah, Mr. Of course. Warren Billups. Everybody knows that. <laughs> How are you doing, Warren? I'm doing great. We're I'm going to start a new show. We're, we're starting a new show here on the Brewing Network. I'm very excited for it. It's something that we've planned for, I don't know, a year? Oh, yeah. It's maybe. been a while. We've yeah. been talking about it a long time. Yeah, and most of it is just like, oh, you know what we should do <laughs> is just do a thing, and then nobody ever, we don't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that is a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we started uh, actually getting our butts in gear and putting the show together for everybody uh, to listen to because it's about one of our favorite things in the world. Craft Spirits. Yes. It's a Craft Spirits show. It's not a beer show. Um, so I personally have a lot to learn. Oh, I don't yeah. know a whole lot. Uh, next, to, I know next to nothing about Craft Spirits. And I have a feeling that a lot of people who are going to pick up on the show are in the same boat. Yeah. Like, I still get confused between whiskey and bourbon. And one of the things where, like, all things are this, but not all this are yep. things or whatever. It's one of those things. Yeah. And yeah. it just, every time, I just, beautiful. I don't know. Or, like, why single malt is cool. Right. Like, why single malt is, like, the desired malt to have, you know, to get a scotch or a bourbon from. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just look at the price tag. But I don't want to do that. I want to I want to <laughs> learn about it and actually right. understand the thing that I'm, you know, going out and uh, taking a lift home yeah. for. And there are a lot of weird <laughs> words on bottles, like straight that actually mean things, right? Or are bottled on bottled in bond. Those are actually uh, related to the process, but I don't know what they mean. Right. See, and and I would look at that honestly and and go, I have no. I I, I would think it's some just is just marketing, right? I would think that it's just marketing and uh, goes. Oh, they're just trying to be you know kitschy and you know, throw back to pre pro yeah. handmade, right? Yeah. yeah. Again, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know what any of it means, but uh, we're going to find out over the course of the show, and we're going to bring all that information to you people. Um, That's what the show is, so we're going to be interviewing commercial craft distillers. Yes. um, And maybe not even some craft. Well, we should get into the definition of craft distilling, because craft beer is sort of already kind of defined, right? I think, and I wonder if it's the same for distilling world, distilling spirits, right? Yeah, if there's a a, certain kind of... uh, Legally defined, or not legally, craft beer is not legally defined. It's more the BAs. Yeah, but some, definition. yeah, right. But some, uh, some, uh, you know, trade group, yeah, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, is setting that definition. I have no idea. Right. Uh, but we're going to be talking to a lot of these people in the industry uh, to teach us about spirits, and we're going to learn about their products from their distilleries, what they do, how they market, how they bring things to, to you, the consumer, and how they're producing these lovely spirits that yeah. we all like to drink. That way you can know something when you're looking at all the bottles and the whiskey That way aisle, you can know something, yeah. Spirits aisle. Yeah. And I think it'll be great because, you know, we'll go through, uh, you know, eventually on the show we want to hit the main, the main categories of spirits like rum. Yeah. And do a rum show, and then do a bourbon show, and do a gin show. And what makes gin gin, and right. what doesn't make gin gin? Right? Like what 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 throws it out of the category? Are there tight categories? I, I don't know. We're going to find all this stuff out. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, what the show isn't, uh, which I think we should get out of the way now, is it's not a how to make spirits 
show. This is for all the home brewers out there who are tuning in and going, "Oh, great, making spirits! Yeah. I can't wait to like strap on the, you know, the ref- the reflecting column, a reflect reflux disease, yeah, yeah. Uh, column on my keg, and maybe blow a foot off, but I'll have a, a, a dram or two of a spirit. Uh, yeah. It's nothing like that at all. Um, it's just the the pure enjoyment of." Because you're not supposed Crusters. to be doing that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You're not supposed to be doing that. Uh, so that's, you know, if you're tuning in for that, I'm sorry, we're going we're gonna to let you down. We are going to go through processes right. with our guests and, and, you know, talk about barrels and talk about how many passes you do and, and how you prepare all of that stuff. Uh, and ingredients. Know, and exactly right. Yeah, ingredients, all the preparation, all the packaging, uh, mm-hmm. gin, kind of what ingredients go in that and, and how, you know, people are, are playing with those ingredients. Um, but we're not going to get into how you can then do it at home like uh, some of our other shows. Right. So, sorry, people. Yeah. That's the sound <laughs> of everybody turning off this podcast. Yeah, they're like, oh, uh, well, that's too bad. <clears throat> no, but uh, it's going to be a good time, everybody. And uh, before we get uh, into the actual show, I want to tell you guys that this show is brought to you by Pico Brew. Peekaboo have a still coming out, and uh, as after, after I just say, like, hey, you shouldn't really, uh, you know, we're not going to teach you how to do this. Um, but they are creating a still, like, a, so you can distill, you know, water and hop oils and, and yeah, essential things exactly. at home. You can make mineral spirits at home for what? cleaning things. You can? Yeah. I think the law is essentially you just can't use a still, you can't pass, like, grain-derived alcohol through a still with the intent for consumption. Really? I, I believe that's the law. Oh, so you can, right. Oh, so no, you can use it clean. to make other things. Right, yeah. Okay. It just smelled too good. It's called uh, the Pico Still. It's a distilling attachment on the Pico Brew. And uh, it's uh, it looks pretty cool, man. Looking at a picture right now, we're going to get a sample of these things and play around with it. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Oh, yeah. So uh, thank you to the uh, folks at Pico Still for sponsoring this show. And uh, if you're interested in, in doing stuff sort of along the lines of what we're talking about, but again, it's illegal to do, and we're not encouraging you to break the law, but um, I don't know, I guess if you if you want to, <laughs> you it's could use there. this product. Yeah, it's there. Uh, but I think this would be great in brewing and, and, uh, and all this other kind of stuff for, uh, you know, hop oils. Oh, yeah. Doing all that. Yeah, I've gotten to see the prototype or latest prototype, and it looks really awesome. Really? And, and it's actually pretty awesome automated as well no oh, great and so it'll kind of it'll make it it does a bit of the the cutting and everything for you so fil- separating out what you don't need and what you do want it it's like the name of our show explain the name of our show more oh, i almost uh, called you taryn wow <laughs> yeah i know uh so the name is heads and tails that's right uh from what, the, what little i know about distilling <laughs> uh great there are cuts made during the distillation process, and during the, the whole dis- distillation process, there are different compounds coming off of the still. Right. And not all of those are, are very good to drink or taste good. Okay. Um, that's where kind of people going blind, that actually was a thing from drinking oh, geez. The, the not good parts. Um, and so uh, the heads are the first things that come off. Yeah. And those are the st- that's the nasty stuff that will actually kind of hurt you. Okay. And then there's the hearts, which is most of what ends up in the spirits that we do drink. All right. And then towards the end, uh, the, out, the ethanol gets diluted with water. More water starts coming off. And so it's just, those are called the tails. And those aren't bad. It's just... 
all you're doing is diluting the hearts and you need that alcohol there for aging and for other things. And so that typically either gets dumped or gets reused. They'll collect it and then just throw it in the still for the next batch right. and get some of that ethanol off. Okay. And so... so we, we have an insider name. Exactly. And right. Now, now we, everybody knows. Our name makes it seem like we know what we're talking about. See, already though, like 10 minutes into the show and we've already, we've already explained something. Wow. So I'm pretty excited about that. You're welcome, guys. I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, Speaking of uh, being excited, we have in the studio as our very first guest, which always excites me because I I enjoy looking at people across the the studio desk rather than, you know, hearing them on the phone and stuff. We have Sean Venus from uh, Venus Spirits. How you doing, man? Good. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for coming up. Now, you're from Santa Cruz, California here. It's, uh, what is that, an hour and a half drive, something like that? Tonight was three. It was three hours? Yeah. Did you come up here, uh, like, ready for that? Did you knew that it was going to be three hours, or did you just leave early so you could hang out and drink? Um, I, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was going to be about two, but I gave really? myself some time. Okay, yeah. that's smart. Yeah. That's smart. It turns out it was uh, it was a good thing to do, man. Uh, so you are the founder and distiller yep. at Venus Spirits. How long has Venus been around? We uh, opened up and um, we moved into our facility in September of 2014. Um, and then uh, I, it took us about six or eight months to get up and running. By July of that following year, we were shipping product. Okay. So Eight months or so. That yeah, seems so, so pretty... A little over three years. Yeah. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, so you, you had plans to open a distillery, obviously, before 2014. How long until, until you, from your plan date to you actually got into a building and started actually touching things and working on stuff? Um, it was, well, I, I think I actually, we were walking around um, Santa Cruz, um, visiting some wineries and breweries one day, bought a bottle of wine, brought it back to my house and said to my wife, I've got this idea what I want to do. And and uh, she was on board with it. So we basically, uh, like, within six months, we were, like, moving. Okay. Wow. wow. So, Did you have a, a background in, in distillation beforehand? No, my background was in beer. I worked okay. in breweries. Yeah, oh, so all right. I, I, I uh, went to school in the University of Oregon. I spent some time up in, um, in Eugene um, working at various breweries up there. Left there, went to the American um, uh, Brewers Guild. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, worked for Gordon Beers for about six years. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow! So, That's no slouch in the bearing in the bearing world. The bearing, the bearing yeah. world. Yeah. Was that, was Those that, the beer. I learned a lot there, and and then uh, I ended up leaving the industry and went into organic food for about ten years. Okay, so that was uh, you've been around, man. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty so, good. Um, Where'd you pick up your uh, your distilling? Um, just kind of uh, played around with it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just. Uh, That's awesome. You know, I mean, basically, it's it's a lot of it is uh, it's uh, you know taking beer one step further. Um, you know, fermentation is is definitely the most important part of it, mm-hmm. and um, um, and then there's you know the subtleties of distillation, how you age it, and that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, is ferment okay? So it's, it, I'm glad you brought up fermentation, and we'll just get right into some of this knowledge uh, here, Warren. But I've always heard that fermentation doesn't matter. You can ferment at like 95 degrees or 100 degrees. Um, your your wash, I guess is sure. what it's called, right? Yeah. All the, the malt um, and the beer that comes off of it. Yep. Well, it's not beer, but the liquor. What do you call it? Well, it's, it's wash. It yeah. Wash, okay. Wash. Um, and then it doesn't, and then it, it, it shouldn't matter because it's two or three days fermentation. And because all you want to do is get the alcohol in the product to throw in the still. Is that not true? Well, that's not exactly true. Um, right. 
So you do like there's various things that we just they, that we ferment that's a little harder than others. Um, mm-hmm. So we make agave spirits, which is like making rum. It's like the the agave base is is pretty antiseptic. Um, the fermentation process is pretty rigorous. Uh, getting that yeast available. It, uh, Acclimated to that environment um, takes a lot of time. Um, we've had a lot of stuck fermentations over the years. We figured out a process that works now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for our whiskeys, we it's you can you know they they don't have to be sanitary fermentations. They don't have to be fermented cool. Mm-hmm. But you um, you're trying to actually promote the production of uh, the things that you're not really pr- want to produce in beer. So you want some of those higher alcohols. You want some of those uh, uh, aldehydes and um, other characters. Um, All the aldehydes. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> those things are those things are going to they're going to get concentrated. And they're going to they're going to bring fruit character and, and nuances to your your whiskey that mm-hmm. um, might be less desirable in beer, but it is, 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 is a nice attribute in, in whiskey. Yeah, you know, yeah, huh. we, we talk about on the other shows uh, controlling your fermentation, especially as a home brewer. Right. Uh, but commercial brewers obviously are doing the same thing. Uh, you don't want those; you want the hops and the malt kind of really to show through, maybe with some yeast character. Yeah. Um, but depending on what you're doing, I think most of the time probably not. You want clean, especially on the West Coast. We do a lot of clean, clean beers, right? Right on, on the beer side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you're pushing those on the distilling side because those kind of esters and all the aldehydes they 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 carry through to the end. Yeah, product. I mean it, it depends what you want to get out of your your, your wash and and what you you uh, what kind of flavors you're trying to promote. But yeah. um, we play around with different yeasts. Um, you can pull off different flavors from different types of yeast. Raw materials still have a huge impact. So mm-hmm. using different grains, different um, for our sigma, we use some roasted grains and some crystal grains. Okay, um, so. Uh, um, all those things that work in beer also work in in spirits. You're basically the whole process is you're concentrating that liquid. You're distilling it down. You're compounding those flavors um, and getting such. You know, you're also compounding alcohol. But um, most people just look at it as you're just concentrating alcohol, but you're you're concentrating everything else. All the flavors. Yep. Oh, uh, so you mentioned on your single malt that you use a couple of different types of malted barley yeah is, is that common um it's getting more common for for cal- or for u.s craft distillers to, okay. to to work around and use different types of malts i was at a show um last year and and there was an example from a malting company um showing a whiskey made from like 20 percent chocolate malt and it was wow. like absolutely amazing could you taste the the chocolate malt oh you totally could and i would expect it to be like completely bitter and astringent and just like a little bit too much but mm-hmm. it was had this nice beautiful chocolate character not too overpowering just like mm-hmm. this nice it was there um you know a little bit you know up front from the background interesting so yeah. single malt only specifies that it's all barley or all rye but it could be different types of barley malt or different oh, types sure. of rye yeah. malt yeah yeah, I mean, there, there's hmm. like 60 different classifications for whiskeys. Um, good, good. Hey, that's 60 shows, Warren. All right. We got them planned. Hey, we're here for at least five years. There we go. Yeah, so you can do all sorts of things, and you just kind of have to follow the regs. Um, and, uh, yeah. There's a home for every everything that you're doing. Yeah. There's a, some yeah, sort right. of classification. Because at least on the beer side, people like classification. I need order in what I'm drinking. I need to be told this is what to expect. From the things, I'm happy about it. Well, it, 
Unfortunately, though, it's it's kind of stifling, yeah. you know, because the innovation yeah. you're you're basically pigeoned into these these categories, and you have to submit formulas um, and do label approvals really? before you can. Uh, commercially sell this stuff so you don't have to do it on the beer side though. i mean label approval yeah but formulations and the, stuff the you beers, have to they, you it depends can. it depends if you're using flavorings or other stuff to it you have to do a formula for they, they okay. released i think a couple years ago some stuff that didn't require formulas like like barrel treatment doesn't require a formula mm-hmm. anymore but um it used to huh and uh, it depends on the packaging yeah if you're like a brew pub doing mm-hmm. draft only yeah they don't need formulas it's mainly right. if you're going to be packaging for off sale okay i believe yeah god but even then that sounds, an- oh, yeah. sounds annoying it's, it's still a pain yeah is there a, a a separation like that in the regs for beer versus spirits that i mean because to me it sounds like the formulations don't need to be there doesn't need to be you can just call it a whiskey and you can yeah, you can you know go I mean? pretty generic on it and yeah. then um call it a whiskey and then it opens up for a lot of other things that you can do with it um yeah. so I don't know. It's, it's, I'm still learning. You know, I'm still learning how to navigate through it. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like there are differences. Uh, you know, in in the way beer and wine are treated than the way spirits are treated, oh, sure. as far as that kind totally. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, is that annoying? It's got to be annoying. I mean, that's an obvious question, I guess. It's, but we everywhere we hit, there's, really? there's a little bit of you, you see it. So yeah. you're used to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. From, like we were talking before the show. Um, you don't get invited to like beer events. Not invited, but you don't go. You don't see a lot of spirits at beer events or the things that beer and wine people can do. You can't do. Sure. Yeah. No. It's it's uh, there. There are specific craft distilled or whiskey events or you know that we participate in. Mm-hmm. We probably do about like I don't know ten to fifteen of them a year, but they're totally different than the beer festival. I mean, and from a, from a producer of spirits. And someone that used to produce beer, it it's um, the people that promote it are even different. Like they, they, they're looking at, at it as a completely big money maker, where these big brands come in, these multinational brands, and they're willing to spend three or four thousand um, dollars just to participate in it. And so that's the level of like what they're expecting from us. And okay. as a, you know, I'm used to just like donating stuff right. to those events right. And, right. and just showing up and uh, you know sampling people and and for a lot of them they're they're asking for you know a thousand bucks. It's even pay to play just to oh, yeah. do a wow. beer yeah. festival essentially. Yeah, yeah. is wow. that is that just because there are so many giants in the industry where they've uh, trained they've trained yeah. These people yeah yeah because mm. it's it's a oh it's a um, I don't. It, Spirit. It seems like beer is always going to be the bottom rung as far as like the respect that <laughs> that people right. give it in the yeah. in the drinks industry. It's the common man. Yeah, of it's alcohol. just it's just beer. And then uh, for a while there, beer was trying to be like wine. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad. I think I think beer is kind of separated from that. And now they're their own thing. Um, yeah. But I wonder if there's still that chase for the for the dollar on the other side. It sounds like it is, like charging spirits people a, a thousand dollars to be part of an event where then they have to, you have to donate the stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing to me. Huh. So yeah, do you do you even, is it even worth it then at that point to even do those things? I mean, there are ones that are worth it. Yeah. yeah. And, and and we kind of trying to collect you, you know. There are ones that I do that are that are like like there's a there's a company that puts on a bunch of beer festivals. They also do a tequila and taco festival. Oh my god, um, oh, that sounds great. That, that sounds one, amazing. They organize that like a beer festival. And that's a lot of fun to participate in. So. When is that? Is that tomorrow? Because uh, <laughs> I'm ready tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready tomorrow. Uh, well, let's let's go back a little bit to the process here, um, Sean, because I want to talk about the wash okay. and how you guys deal with that. Do you brew on site? 
So yeah, we I've got it. We've got a ten barrel system, um, and uh, we've got a we've it's uh, we've outfitted our uh, our kettle with uh, agitation, so we can use it as a cereal cooker. Mm-hmm. So the operation mm-hmm. is we you know, just like beer, we're grinding the grains, we're augering up into our brew house, um, forcing milk straight into our into our lauder ton, um, and we'll separate those uh, through the lautering process and just ferment um, the liquid for our. Um, rye and and bourbon that will go directly into um our uh, our kettle and uh, we'll cook that we'll start off like i i take a brewer's approach to it and maybe some distillers do the same approach but we start off at a very low temperature do a protein rest um break down some protein uh and then we kind of step it up and um and then we'll do a cereal cook we'll cool that back down um to about 150 degrees, add mm-hmm. a malted barley in there, use, use those natural enzymes that are in the malted barley to break down the starches, and then we'll throw it through a, um, a heat exchanger, a tube and tube heat exchanger, circulate back into our kettle, cool it down to fermentation temperatures, pump that into a fermenter, add yeast to it, um, and then we'll get the, the fermentation is like five days, and then all that mash will go in, in, into our still. Okay. Yeah. Is, is having a brewery, sorry, Warren, is having a brewery on site unique? In the in the spirits world, um, there are definitely other ones that do. But yeah. um, when I looked at it, I was like, I want to be able to control the process and control everything under my roof and not be dictated by what someone else could do. Um, so this gives me a lot of flexibility on what we're what we're doing and how we're doing it. Okay, and, and like timing too, because yeah. my new brewers are every brewery that's in town is 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 they're close to capacity. So you know, getting extra time from them is wasn't part of my business plan yeah well and it sounds like they would need a bunch more yeah. time to to do all the things well and it's comfortable for yeah. you you had you, oh, you come from a beer yeah. background sorry warren i keep cutting you off go ahead well, i was just going to ask to kind of get it straight in my head what's the difference between from a from a, a distillery's definition of mash and wash or is there a difference um yeah, I think I think you generally look at like wash is like something that's that's like for fermented. I mean, t- sometimes people call them wine. Uh-huh. Um, so it's 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 uh, it's mash would be something pre fermentation. Okay. Yeah. And then wash is post fermentation. Yep. Okay. And it can either have the grain or whatever solids. Yep. In it or not. Yep. In either. I think generally phase. wash is generally referred to as a, as a maybe a rum or whiskey term. Um, mm. The the maybe brandy guys don't call it a wash. Okay. Call it wine. Wine so, sounds yeah. much more sophisticated yeah. for brandy. Mm-hmm. This brandy's made from wash. No, no, it's made mm-hmm. from a wine. Right. That sounds fancier. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I want that. So when it comes out of the fermenter, what do you do? So we'll pump it over to our still. Uh, we've got two alembic stills that we imported from Spain. Um, first, first process. Everything that we do on the whiskey and agave side, we make an agave spirits. Is we'll double distill it so it, it gets it goes through one distillation which we call a uh, stripping still stripping still okay uh, we're leaving basically we're stripping out the alcohol leaving the organic material behind and literally we're leaving the organic material behind when we're doing our bourbon and rye all that mash is still in the still we'll pump that out after distillation and it'll go to pig farmers just like spent green mm. wood um huh but um um you know, the process of distillation is, you know, alcohol's got a lower boiling point than water, so um, that water, that alcohol's going to boil off first. Um, it gets uh, in a closed system, not really necessarily a closed system, but it goes over to a condenser, um, which is basically just like a heat exchanger. Uh, okay. And there's various styles of that. We've got two different styles that we use. Um, a, uh, a, a 
a worm and tub or um, and uh, um, a tube and tube heat exchanger. So basically, hot vapor goes through the tube, mm-hmm. cold water goes to the outside of that tube, condenses it back down to the liquid. We capture that that liquid. Some of it goes to heads and tails. Some of it goes to hearts. Um, now we know what that is. Yeah. Warren, thank See, you very much. Well, good thing we named the podcast something that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. Okay, and then and then you collect it, and, yeah, and it goes so, to wherever it goes, yeah, so right? It's, yeah, then we, we collect it, and then it gets redistilled um, the second time. That's when we make our cuts. Yep. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So the first pass, you're just collecting everything. Yeah, we're just collecting as much alcohol as we concentrating can. Concentrating the alcohol. Yep. Yep. Okay. And we basically, off our whiskey, we'll get about uh, 35%, 40% alcohol off the first run. And then we'll okay. concentrate that down on the second distillation to get around 130, 140 proof. Mm-hmm. Then we'll proof that down less than 125 before it goes in the barrel because that's one of the rules. It can't go into a barrel um, what? over what? 120. It's a, so there's a ceiling? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why not? What, 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 what would go wrong? Uh, it's it's all about pr- 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 protecting the, um, an American uh, cooper. The guy who's making the barrel. So okay. you know, the, the higher the proof it goes into it, the oh. less barrels you need, to, you need to purchase. Job security. Yeah. For the is it really that that's like cut and dry? I think so, yeah. No pun intended. It used to be actually lower than that. Um, and the the distilling and the whiskey industry had it changed. Wow. Just because they wanted more. They huh. limited the amount of warehouse space and... And barrels. It always amazes me how, how industry gets laws changed like that. <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time, and I guess it sounds obvious in hindsight, but but just hearing about it for the first time, it's like, wow, that just, well, it's amazing to and me. special interests can get something like that right. put into practice that kind of essentially saddles an industry that is a customer. Right. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, they you just uh, they don't care. That's amazing. And one thing I've heard recently is that the the proof that you put the spirit into the barrel has an impact on the flavors sure. that it's going to yeah. extract. I mean, it has an impact it? on, on how, what flavors it's going to extract, but it also has an impact on... You think of the process, if you're putting whiskey into a barrel, mm-hmm. uh, at a high proof, um, sometimes um, through the aging process, you're you're losing water, so proof is actually r- rising up. You're concentrating that, that, that liquid. Um, but Basically, what happens before you bottle it is you're, you're, you're dumbing that barrel and you're adding water to it. So you're watering it down. For us, we're playing around with lower entry proof. Um, and um, that does a couple different things. There's, there's a higher concentration of water in there. So water is, a, is what happens hmm. through, the, through the aging process is the spirit is oxidizing. Um, water okay. water hmm. has a high concentration of of, of, of Oxygen. So right. um, mm. the more water we put in there, probably the more oxidation we're getting through the aging process. So oh, okay. we're playing around with that right now. Interesting. Is, huh. Interesting. Okay. So you're nice. put, so you're you're putting it in the barrel at a lower proof because you're adding a little more water yep. to it, yep. and it and could then, speed up the oxidation yep. reaction. Yeah. And then and then when it's done aging, there's less watering it down. There's less proofing. So what you're tasting in the bottle is more true to what you're tasting out of the barrel. Oh, okay. And and on the surface, you know, to me, I hear a manufacturer of a spirit watering it down. It sounds like. It's a it's a bad thing, but it, that's how you that's how you it, produce proofing, it, right? Proofing it down, proofing it down, right. okay? Because the optics are watering. Oh yeah, we oh, water everything yeah. down. Wow, those guys forget them. They're watered down. There's they're you know these other people proof it right. down, and it's a much more. I prefer proofing <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. watering. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's um, yeah, but uh, that's that's how you do it. It's part of the process. Yeah. That's how you make it. 
uh, delicious. Well, let's speaking of delicious, let's try something, oh, yeah. Warren. I think we should do that. What should we uh, What should we try first, Sean? Um, well, because you have a lot of. First of all, what do you have? So we, we yeah. make a line of whiskeys, gins, and agave spirits. So the, the gins are under um, my last name, Venus, um, and um, then we have make a line of agave spirits called El Lejon, which means a thief. Okay. And then we make a lot of whiskeys called Wayward. Um, so the agave spirit is w- w- would be called tequila, right? Yep. So tequila is protected, like champagne, cognac, you know, Parmesan cheese. It's that country of origin, regional specific. So okay. um, is is Scotch protected? Oh yeah. Yep. Scotch is has to be has okay. to be made in Scotland. So the the Brits just didn't get on gin soon enough. <laughs> well, gin actually came from the Netherlands. That's where it started off. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So Geneva is, is the first gin migrated to to U, the UK because of some tax protection or something. Huh. Wow. So, um, okay. Yeah, they adopted it. Now it's now it's Californian. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it sounds good to me. Right. Yeah, Californians came up with gin. I heard <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come up with it. But they sure as heck perfected yeah, right, exactly, right. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, try some gin. Okay, let's try some gin. So we have a bunch of glasses out. Now, Now you know, along with learning about this stuff, we obviously have to drink it. That's just how it goes. Right. Uh, what's the best way to approach a spirit, to drink it? Do we cut it? Do we, you know? I got you, Warren. Well, Thank you. <clears throat> the best way to, kind of to get the idea of the spirit itself is just drink it. Room temperature okay. at its proof, um, just right from the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right from the bottle. I mean, not right from the bottle, but I mean, if you know, if you want to, if it costs under five bucks, right from the bottle is right. fine. And and the volume should be one bottle at a time, right? <laughs> That's right. I get the taste of it. Um, so this gin, um, what we call is a modern style gin. So it's it's uh, similar to like Hendrix or other kind of botanical forward gins. Okay, um, that whole style is basically less juniper forward. More botanical for it. Juniper is still there. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's the dominant character. Um, but this one's got um, 10 different botanicals that we infuse in a neutral spirit made from organic wheat. And then we redistill it um, and then proof it down to 92 proof, which is great for cocktails. Um, the flavor holds up really well. Yeah. Um, and uh, so this has got juniper in it. It's it's um, It's got cardamom, coriander, um Orange, lemon, tangerine. Um, you get notes of lavender, some the licorice will bring some sweetness to it. Um, and and the, our distillation process makes it really well layered. So you're going to get those nuances at um, you know at certain points of like tasting it. So and these are things you're putting into into the the, the still the, right. The alcohol is is acting as a solvent, pulling out those essential oils. Okay. We look at like the the process of distillation is 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 mostly boiling and um and extracting alcohol but it's also extracting other other compounds and mm-hmm. uh each one of these botanicals has essential oils to them that all have different boiling points so they come off during the distillation process at different times and different temperatures they um during the proofing process uh, those all come kind of come back together and you get this kind of more layered um more um aromatic spirit okay and i mean sorry, oh, sorry. go ahead warren do are all of the botanicals and and spices added in the still or are there is it so cold steeped or are there there's different processes different okay. um, to do it um there's like a london dry gin would typically just be put in a, in a basket so the vapor of the alcohol would just kind of pass through it um this is actually macerated for 24 hours um and um and steeped in, in, in alcohol, um, and then we throw everything hmm. into the still. So um, all the botanicals. So you get a lot of aromatics on it, but you get a lot of stuff on the palate as well. Hmm. 
So it's not like beer where, you know, the hops, let's say, will bring out some of these citrus notes. You're putting citrus in the totally, yeah. in the thing. Yeah. It's is actually, yeah. okay. Yeah. What you're smelling is is was put into it. Right. Yeah. All right, I like that. So another th- another question about smelling it. I've heard that you shouldn't swirl it because now I'm, I just want to swirl it like a wine or a beer. Is that not, <laughs> I mean, does it matter? No, I mean, I mean, people, just have will, 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 people? Will, will swirl it just to kind of see the kind of basically kind of the same thing you see in wine, the legs. Okay. How the alcohol kind of adheres to the side of the glass, but um, um, you're basically going to, what I tell people when they come to our tasting room, take a small sip, let your mouth get accustomed to high-proof alcohol because it's like you're you're drinking 92-proof <laughs> gin. Okay. Um, and uh, your mouth is not going to react to it immediately like uh, it would to other stuff. So okay. get it accustomed to it. It's gonna. You're gonna burn off a little bit of that taste the first time. Then the second time you taste it, mm-hmm. it's gonna be much more approachable. And you're, um, you're gonna notice as, as we go through this, like by the fifth, by the time we get to the whiskeys, yeah, you'll be. <laughs> okay. This will be easy. What, I'm gonna do it more. What do the legs mean? What so, am I supposed to be able to tell about well, this? Well, I mean, for this one, it's going to tell you how viscous, how, like, the, you're going to see a lot of oils on there, a lot of, like, the, the, it's going to be very, you'll get the texture of the spirit in there. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So the legs are, just for everybody who may not know, when you swirl the glass or put it at, like, a 45 or whatever, and you put it up, and just the, the way the spirit and drips just run down the side of the glass. Yep. Yeah. All right. And so right, it, it's just a viscosity indicator, essentially. It's going to tell you all about the mouthfeel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Hmm. You know, there's there's the the burn, but it's not what I would expect. It's it's much more, um, I don't know, less impactful. Yeah. To me, the the, burn. the botanicals and the juniper really cover up the alcohol maybe it's because i drank half a handle before i came here <laughs> well you're so a professional I'm, I'm, yeah. Warren. i would never expect anything else of you <laughs> yeah uh, i get a ton of that citrus that lemon peel yeah yeah there's um, lemon orange tangerine in that so you gotta get god yeah. yeah wow i enjoy that with the the juniper it's there like you said but all the botanicals are definitely have the main stage yeah nice. and, and that juniper i think carries it through it adds a little bit of spice to kind of push those, so I think the uh, um, the citrus isn't too overwhelming. It still kind of finishes as a as a as a gin as you mm. would expect. What was this called again? So that the first that one yeah. just, just tastes as we call it Blendo One. So we're highlighting the botanical okay. blend. So if you look okay. at our packaging, you'd see like all of our ingredients listed out front. So the whole idea was to to kind of highlight the botanicals that are in there um, and. Uh, let people know that we're we're going to be doing multiple types of gins with all unique botanical blends. Angelica root, what is that? So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything's like a you know yeah. a proprietary thing, you don't have to tell me. No, but. no, no, it's not, it's not proprietary. It's, yeah. um, I kind of kind of put in the family of like what you would find in curry. Um, it's got this hmm. rooty spiciness to it. Okay, um, and um, there's there's literally a pinch of it in, in, in a batch. Uh, okay. And it's, it's, it's pretty potent. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. It comes through. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I like this gin more. I do. I do also. It, uh, you mentioned it's a wheat-based yes. uh, spirit. Is that... Because um, I think a lot of gins can be from neutral grain spirits. So it is a neutral grain oh. spirit, but it's... it's oh. And wheat would be the source of that. So it could be, it could be from corn. It could be from sugar cane. The one we chose to make to use this with is is uh, is from wheat, and um, we actually uh, this is something that we procure. So, okay. Um, we 
we do do a, um, a, a vodka that we distill um, from grain and that we sell in our taste room. But for the gins, um, basically, we, we're looking for a blank canvas, uh-huh. um, something completely neutral. Um, and then we're throwing in our, our spices in there to, to give it its character and flavor. So then what? That's good. What does neutral grain spirit then mean other than it? Or how is that different than a vodka or something like that? Or well, is there a difference? It's like neutral grain spirit is like the, the industrial name for Everclear. It's, it's, it's 190, <laughs> uh, okay. 190 proof. Vodka is 80 proof. Um, so if you would proof neutral grain spirit down, you would get a vodka. Vodka. Oh, okay. okay. By, by U.S. classifications. So. Okay. Yeah. I have a question from our chat. Yep. If you would. No, it's actually more. Well, yeah, it is a question. I was like, is it a comment? I don't know. Wow. Um, we have a chat already? We have a chat already. Uh, I've heard that uh, percent ABV in the wash can impact the quality or character of the final product. Wouldn't that mean that fermentation control and resulting fuel alcohols impact the final po- pro- the final product possibly negatively? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it, it, I think you can... You can strip out the fusels, and some of them you want, um, mm-hmm. some mm. you don't want. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we played around with sanitary fermentations to start off with, um, and it just doesn't – it's a kind of waste of chemicals. Um, okay. And, <laughs> and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really impact the character of flavor. I mean, we're basically um, – fermentation you – know, the temperature definitely – we're promoting – a lot of higher alcohols, a lot of fruit character. I mean, it, mm-hmm. the, the, the our wash itself. I mean, it's sour, so it's not as like you couldn't like you don't drink it like you would drink beer. It does, it's not. It definitely doesn't have the balance and flavor and character. I want, beer. To, I want to taste it. Though. You, so you want to promote the esters and, and all of those yeah. compounds? Yeah, I mean, there's um, and I'm I'm gonna kind of um, screw this this term up. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, We've probably done it five <laughs> times already. It's yeah. cool. There there is a, there's a term. Um, there's a term for basically um, <laughs> creating bacteria um, and and reintroducing it to your fermentation. Um, Inoculation. Yeah. Well, it's it's, oh, it's, okay. it's 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 you're cultivating this culture yeah. of bacteria that's kind of nasty stuff that that's gonna that you're gonna introduce to your fermentation. Okay. To bring out character to it. We don't do that, but hmm. there are there are some distillers. Typically, you'll find a lot of rum distillers do that. And I've heard some people playing around with it on the whiskey side too. So, huh. um, and it's not just like Dunder's doing like a sour Dunder. mash. Dunder. Dunder. Oh, oh geez. Wow, that sounds ominous. <laughs> really, that could be anything, man. I want to go Dunder my fermenter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That uh, God. That you know what I, I I like so far about about this is again my first like real intro into craft spirits. Yeah. That there's still innovation happening. I totally went into this thinking, well, it's just, this is ABC, you know, tab A goes into slot B, and then that's just kind of how you, and then the thing comes out. Yeah. Well, and I mean, kind of like Sean said in the beginning that there are 60 classifications of whiskey. So you'd think, well, okay, then there's only 60 different things I can do. Right. But it sounds like <laughs> only. there's a lot of variation in, yeah. in process. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's innovation, but there's also like there's not a lot of literature out there. There's no one is like teaching. Oh, right. So you're, you're just you're, making stuff you're up. You're kind of reinventing you? stuff that probably people played around with 100 years ago, 200 years ago. So wow. we're, you know, I guess you are sort of pigeonholed in in in, in the process. Yep. You can't, you know, but it's just how you bend that process. Yep. Then you can deliver different flavors. 
Yeah, totally. All right. Well, what's the second thing we have in our glass? So, um, second one is is our barrel rusted gin. Um, so, like I said before, as we're highlighting different botanicals, this one is um, it's more savory. Um, it's got uh, some bay and sage and fennel. It spends two months in charred oak casks. Uh, same sort of like wood we use in our whiskey program. Yeah, and so with gin, you normally wouldn't it wouldn't see wood, right? Um, yeah, normally. We, okay. I mean, it, that was like a whole classification issue with uh, with the TTB is is you couldn't call it. Um, barrel aged, um, but rested it, is okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only there's only certain things that can be barrel aged. Whiskey is one of them. If you're aging it, you have to put an age statement on it, and there's also. Oh my of god! Uh, How so ridiculous! We use the American oak as a flavor, um, as a as a botanical, and it basically it it lets it we it only sits in the barrel for about two months, and okay. we're not really trying to overpower the gin with with wood characteristics. We're just kind of trying to meld it all together. Um, yeah, just enough. Yeah, because I, I feel. I mean, you already have a lot going on. I feel like too much. Well, too much aging in an oak barrel kind of ruins even anything. Ruins mm-hmm. beer. Ruins everything. Yep. Is is there a lot of winking and nodding? When you're dealing with the TTB and the various <laughs> government agencies, it's like okay, so I can't say barrel aged. What can I say? I think and yeah, that's they just definitely like, a process that people went through. Like yeah, you, they they figured out that if you said barrel oh. rested. Um, opposed to barrel age, it's you're you're okay. Huh. I'll, so this has juniper, cardamom, orange, fennel, coriander, American oak, obviously bay, sage, and peppercorn, and just the aroma. I can pick up some of those. I get the cardamom mm-hmm. um, and that barrel and everything. Just it's just this sweet um, uh, kind of dark aromas. That are just really good. Yeah, yeah. I get and, a lot. And of then them. at the end, it's still. Smells like a gin. There's just that little little tiny hand poking up through the dirt <laughs> yeah. of the gin, man. Yep. And it's it's really good. It's layered really well. Yeah. I really so, like the citrus with the the mm-hmm. toasted oak and yep. the vanillins from the wood that you're getting. It's yep. really nice. And it's like it's great for. Um, we do a lot of cocktails with it. This one is like oh man, it's, it's more spirit forward cocktails like Negronis, um, mm. variations Manhattans, that sort of thing. Um, oh my god, a Manhattan yeah. with this? Oh yeah. I, I uh, oh, use it uh, for it. French 75s. Oh, yeah. And it's oh, really you have nice. some of this? Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. See, look at that one. Yeah. Um, Candy, my wife, d- throws it in French 75s, Tom Collins, all yep. the time. She's a fan. Wow. And that, that flavor is just, uh, I, that's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. That's really good. Yeah, this was actually the first barrel-aged gin I ever have gotten to try, and it sold me. And now, anytime I see one, I, I have to try it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, man. Like, um, thank you. Any in, uh, on the beer side, anytime I see a pilsner that I know is actually lagered and not, mm-hmm. you know, ale fermented, uh, <clears throat> um, so an ale, right? I, I'll have to, I have to try it. And I think this is becoming that for me now too. Yeah, because you know, same thing with the next thing that I saw Sean pour, which is an aqua V. Oh yeah. Yep. What is an aquavit? Because I want to marry it. I want to divorce my wife and marry. <laughs> so aquavit have is, babies with aquavit. <laughs> I really do. I would hurt. It's uh, it's basically kind of the Danish cousin or Scandinavian cousin of gin. Um, okay. Kind of remove the, the juniper character out of it and then throw in caraway. So I, I, I just, just to clarify, I didn't make the face and make go oof because it smells bad. I put my nose too far into it. Uh-huh. I forgot that it wasn't a beer, and I just shoved uh-huh. my big old Greek nose in there, and I just got a just a snoot full man of, of uh, alcohol vapors, yeah. spirits. Yeah, yeah. Caraway seed, man, that smells like so bread. it's real bright and fresh. Oh, yeah. There's there's some other 
aquavits that are like very heavily fenneled and um this one's got a little bit of anise in the background but it's it's um it's really bright and fresh um wow you can kind of mm. replace it for vodka and like bloody mary's mm. um mm-hmm. we do a lot of gin t- cocktails um tiki cocktails it's like it's tiki cocktails. what would you what would you do with a tiki cocktail with this so a variation of a saturn which has got um or pump uh, passion fruit um and um passion fruit huh like yeah so it, it works on kind of like the, the sweet side yeah the savory side we've done cocktails with beets and carrots and watermelons what uh, are you guys doing down there man beets and carrots <laughs> wow at santa cruz yeah <laughs> keep santa cruz weird yeah. man but, i uh this makes me want to. I, I could just drink a pint of this at Thanksgiving. I think. Yeah, yeah that's. I think I'm gonna have to have some of this for Thanksgiving, dude. This is great. Yeah, this is super savory and, and would. I imagine it would pair well with a lot of food. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. Just straight. Yeah. And that's what it's used for. Traditionally, okay. it's, it's 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 consumed, you know, with like pickled fish and 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 you know, mm. smoked trout. And <laughs> this covers up the taste of the pickled fish. <laughs> right. It lets yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> So you guys are doing cocktails at the the distillery. You have a little tasting yeah, room. Yeah, we have there? a tasting room. Okay, and we do cocktails on the weekends, and and um, we're always rotating stuff through and to highlight our spirits. Um, we're you know we're kind of limited on what we can do based on what the state allows us to do because we're not a full bar. Um, right. But um, we we do some draft cocktails, and which is, which allows us to 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 be creative and and make. Massive amounts of, of, of spirits and or a, of a cocktail and yeah. highlight that for the weekend and then we do some shake and stir cocktails as well. Oh, cool! Classics and well, hey Warren, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I can go to Venus. <laughs> I can I go be, I've been. It's actually that would be my second time. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I got to check it out. Um, At the advanced screening, super nice people, and they made sure that we got to try everything, even some things that weren't on the menu. Sorry, Sean, if they'd get in trouble for that. (laughs) Yeah, Sean's like, "What's their name? I want it right now." (laughs) They're fired. Yeah, going Craigslist and post a wanted ad. Um, What uh, What's next? What should we What should we drink next? Uh, I feel like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah. this is gonna be a great show, Warren. uh, Let's do some uh, not tequila. There you go. <laughs> right, agave spirit. <laughs> right, yeah. And what's the uh, agave spirit line called again? Eladrone. Eladrone, yeah. which Sorry. is which means the thief. The thief. Which is that? Is that because it's it's not called tequila? Yeah, I mean the whole idea was like <laughs> that's, we're, we're, it's not that's tequila. Funny, we're trying yeah. to like do something interesting and fun. I mean, I see that bottle for a second. Yeah. Thank you. So it's um, Eladrone. You know, early ideas is like as I, I think I told um, Warren this um, out there was like. I, I had a brewer's license. We were going to do a beer and 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 um, distillery all in one roof. And I was pairing spirits that were producing with with beer. Um, and mm-hmm. two things that I enjoy drinking with beer are the most is whiskey and tequila. So um, <laughs> you're a party, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so trying to figure out how to make tequila here in the states was was a little a little challenging, but we 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 figured it out. And, okay. And, um, Why was it challenging? Just to get the, this much agave. We, we, you know, we start off with, with the juice. So we import the juice from Guadalajara. Um, okay. we'll we, that, we ferment yeah. it and distill it in Santa Cruz. Um, the fermentation process, as I said earlier, is, is just the challenge. Oh, okay. Just working with a, it. Yeah. I had this um, Oaxacan distiller, mezcal distiller, come by the distillery, and he was. I was kind of telling him I was having trouble with fermentation. He's like, you need to you need, you need to chop off the tops of your tanks. You need to let your pigs and your goats and your, and your dogs <laughs> walk around the tanks. and <laughs> 
<laughs> you won't have any problems. And to some extent, oh. that, that's, that's true. It's like there's there's stuff going on in Mexico huh. that we can't replicate here in, in the United States. Like sour beer, like Cantillon or something, right? Where yeah. it's just not the same over there's, here. I've been also told that there's a natural like bacteria in agave that will actually convert alcohol um, or sugar to alcohol. Okay. Um, we don't have the fruit. We have just the juice. Um, and hmm. It's been processed out. So, um, are, are there just sugars that aren't fermentable it, it by nature or, or it'll, by, it'll, by brewer's yeast? It'll ferment completely through. But there's um, there's some antimicrobial um, characters of, of the agave that will allow make it difficult for the yeast of the thrive. Oh, okay. Yeah. I tell you, I, I, I do have to go down and get some of this because um, my my in laws. They love tequila. So it, my uncle George, mm. my in-law uncle George, he would love this. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. That is smooth, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's mm. ninety four proof, but it's um, a little sweeter and, and smooth. It is. It is, is sweeter. That, yeah. Is that high for a uh, uh, clear most, tequila? Most most tequilas are eighty proof or yeah. lower. Um, if you go to Mexico, they're around seventy six proof. Um, hmm. Here in the states, eighty proof is the standard and. And I don't know why I picked 94. It was like, <laughs> labels were made. I've got, yeah. So Did it just taste better? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> so would it taste better if we cut it down to 80 or? You know, you I mean, I guess that's. You, we can. You, we you have can do any, you uh, can distilled do water. You can do anything you want. And I, and I, yeah, I tell people is that, uh, that uh, you can, you know, what the distiller does is just add a little water to it. You it's can your spirit. Same, you can mm-hmm. do the same thing you at all. You can do whatever you want. Right. It's well, hard to take it out yeah. as a consumer. Yeah. yeah. Oops, yeah. I probably added too much. Um, that's also hard too. And so, do you pick the proof on a spirit like this because you like the the way the flavors come across with the alcohols and I'm trying to make it like more friendly for cocktails, like like classic oh, okay. spirit forward cocktails? So higher the proof, you're going to get like more robust, you know, buns. That flavor is going to come through in the cocktail better. Um, okay. You know, it was also looking like what's what's where's the holes in the in the the environment out there, like the kind of environment. So. You've got people at a at a hundred proof. You've got people at eighty proof. Like we just went like kind of a little bit, you know, south of that and and and, and north of eighty. So uh, okay, yeah, split so, the difference. Yeah, yeah. I dumped too much water in it, but uh, man, it opens up. It smells really good. So basically, it's a, it's like a, a an agave brandy. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a lot of fruit character. Um, so there's some sweet notes yeah. to it. Yeah. Oh wow. And I think the water Warren, totally changes. Warren did a much better own. job, of course. <laughs> well, I took twice as long. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Slow and steady, yeah. Warren. Um, what is there? Could you explain a little bit of what's happening? Why changing the proof changes the flavor and aroma so much? Well, uh, I mean, just adding water to, to alcohol is, is a pretty amazing thing like when we're proofing stuff down and we're throwing in you know 10 gallons of water to a 50 gallon batch of, of whiskey mm-hmm. you can see the activity go through and um it, it's uh there's a lot of movement there's a lot of different things and you're gonna you're you're gonna bring out either the scots will say that you know you just it opens it up um and it does change it it, it changes it it changes your perception of it um Lower proof is going to bring out more characters. Um, some people will actually, after you know drinking it, they'll they'll just rinse it with water and then smell it, and then you can you can get a lot of that character mm. uh, without kind of mm. that alcohol burn. Yeah, so that's interesting. One thing I love to do is not uh, wash if I'm drinking uh, whiskey in the evening. I won't wash my glass out when I'm done in the evening because you're dirty. Well, and because the next morning when it's dry. <laughs> 
it smells fantastic. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. you get to you get to smell different things that you don't necessarily. I mean, I imagine they're there in the spirit when yeah. you're drinking it, but it's a di- it's an, another layer to the experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, uh, I I came back to my car um, after a trip at the airport, and, and I, I had a bottle of our Añejo that that blew up in it. I didn't blow up, but it just it did like. All over the car? All over the car. And I come back in my car, and it's been it's like middle summer in San Jose. Oh. And I get in the car, and it's like, wow, it smells amazing in this car. <laughs> and then I'm driving Uh-oh. around, I get this bottle, you know, balling, you know, moving around, and I'm like, oh, it's an empty bottle. It just completely evaporated and, and soaked, in, you know, the aroma wow. soaked into my seats. Hope you didn't get pulled over, man. Right. I swear I'm not drunk, officer. <laughs> right. Uh, what's this one? Um, Looks like so, a, so an agave our, spirit, but this darker. This is our reposado. So the reposado we aged in our used uh, whiskey barrels. So... We're able to reuse our barrels um, a little bit. Um, okay, so reposado is it's, again. So it's rested. I, just rested. Okay. It's classic kind of definition is like rested for two to eight months somewhere on there. In a, okay. Um, in a barrel. Yeah. American oak or this is American oak. Okay. Um, typically, yeah. The, the the Mexican distillers are are, are, are sourcing um, used American whiskey barrels. Nice. Because okay. NAFTA. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it's, it's basically, <laughs> as we talked about before, is like you yeah. can only use that barrel once, right? Right. So, Are Americans the only spirit makers that use bar- new barrels in the world? Just Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did, what did they do? What, what was scotch made in before the U.S. was making spirits then? Used, um, used French sh- barrels? Sh- cherry port casks. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Duh. Uh, well, no, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so the, yeah. So couple different reasons why, but um, <laughs> they were hiding it from from. Uh, they were basically hiding it in, as 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 uh, their moonshiners. So they they were hiding mm. them in wood to to hide it from uh, tax guys. Oh, so in addition to it adding nice flavor, it was also them hiding it. From, it's practical, yeah. huh? Yeah, you got to love practicality when it uh, turns out a fine right. product. <laughs> yeah, convenient. I like this one too, man. It, it definitely puts a sweeter edge on uh, on the yeah. agave spirit. Brings out a little more, more spice, a little more yeah. visual notes, but it's um, it's got that whiskey character as well. I like it. Hmm. Man, how many more bottles do you have, Sean? Oh, we got a lot. Jeez. So we can skip some. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we're <laughs> or we yeah. can take a break and then pour some more and catch up. Yeah, we could do both of those. Yeah. Get, take a break and then come back for whiskey. Yeah. Well, let's do the Nieho and then we'll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the añejo. So añejo. Um, this is. What does aged, that mean? It means aged over a year. Um, okay. And um, this is aged an entire year um, in new American oak. So unlike the reposado, which used barrels, um, this goes into new brand American um, oak, um, same oak that we use in our whiskey programs. Um, but it's it's a virgin oak, and uh, mm. it brings out. Um, I think a little bit more allows a, more of that kind of fruit character that was present in the Blanco to come through. Um, really does come off like a like an apple brandy with a little bit like kind of like pepper at the finish. It's a pretty different wood character, yeah. which is interesting than the Reposado. Yeah, still American oak, but oh it's, yes, yeah. but the intensity and kind of the ratio of of sweet vanillin to oak tannin and is definitely different. Yep. And so this uh, is there. A, it's a minimum of a year. Yep. It can be yep. longer yep. or a blend of, of this, this. This one is actually, I think, seventeen months. But oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh wow. Are you are you blending uh, spirits like this, or are they single barrel? Most of our stuff is single barrel. We don't have enough inventory really to kind of go through the blending process yet. Okay. Yep. And are they are they the big fifty gallon yep. barrels? This one. Okay. Yeah. Man, you get a good a good barrel. 
A good snoot oh. full of barrel on yeah, this. Yeah, it's solid American oak. Yeah. In the aroma. But not, but not like, uh, uh, obviously not offensive. Not, uh, it's just, it's still very delicate and very layered. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a fan yeah. of, of the oak smell. And yeho. Yes. That's Spanish for one, one for year. Old. Well, yeah. For old. It's Spanish for old. It's Spanish for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's Spanish for Jason. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that, that's really nice, man. Cool. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. Mm, man. And so is this one uh, that you would use in a cocktail, or, or is it because it's aged, you're, you would encourage people to just drink it straight? Again, like a spirit for a cocktail. Um, this is like, you can use it in like a sidecar, which is like a brandy cocktail. Um, okay. So I will, I will replace it for like brandy hmm. cocktails. Um, so, yeah. But I think most people, if they're going to spend $60 on a bottle, they're not going to throw in a cocktail. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> that's true. Unless I wouldn't I'm do that feeling either, really dude. fancy. <laughs> Yeah, what I what I love about the the aroma, it, it smells like a barrel room. Like you go into like a winery or a brewery or whatever, and it just smells like oh yeah, a, a, a nice kind of humid barrel room. Yeah, or the wood shop, or wood shop. Yeah, you can do that too. I like that man. That's I like really working good. with wood, and this makes me just imagine like I just turned off the saw. Oh really? And it's got that wood smell in the air. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm clumsy and I can't I can't work with power tools. I've been banned. Mm, it's probably better. Yeah, I think it is better. Yeah, I think it is too. Uh, okay, let's just let's just keep going, Warren. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Why not? Okay. Well, let's just do it. But I think we're we gonna need, have to rinse oh, glasses. We have to rinse glasses. See, the problem is I don't have proper like music to come back with. Um, oh. You know, what I mean, I didn't I didn't anticipate this. So let me just I'll just replay the intro music. When we Perfect. come back. Okay, so let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back. We're, we're going to continue. Geez, I'm already, I can't even speak right now. He's we're going to continue with Sean Venus from Venus Spirits in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, or thanks for sticking with us. We have to take a little break there and rinse some glasses and, you know. Sean brought a lot of spirits. Sean brought a lot of spirits. Sean brought it strong. This is oh, a high yeah. bar to set for our first show, man. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to, to uh, I we don't know. We could stop here. Because this, one, this one's been a good we one. We could, man. But uh, let's just do This is the final show, right, everybody. Yeah. Sean destroyed Wrapping us. Wrapping things up <laughs> yeah. here on Heads and Tails. Oh, Sean. All right. We're Now we're getting into whiskeys, correct? Yep. All right. Yeah, so you've got, uh, I think you've got your, the, the Wayward Rider in front of you. Yes. Okay. And uh, so is whiskey the same thing like with uh, a tequila or, or anything where it's it's regional or is a whiskey oh, a whiskey? Oh, there's definitely is a regionally, regional protected stuff. So, okay. like, so scotch, as you said earlier, is, is, it has to be only distilled in Scotland. So, Irish whiskey. Okay, what is Ireland. what is whiskey? What is whiskey without going through like the 60 different things? What What is whiskey? So, whiskey yeah. is, um, is a. Uh, distilled spirit made from grain that is not typically not distilled over um, 160 proof. So okay. Aged in oak barrels. Aged in oak, new oak. It doesn't have like so. Scotch is not new, but okay. bourbon is. Yep. So wi- okay, so scotch is whiskey. Yep. Bourbon is whiskey. Yep. But bourbon is not scotch. Nope. And whiskey could be vodka if it was distilled farther. 
Right. Uh, man, now you just lost me. Yeah, you lost me, too. Well, because it, 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 essentially, because you said whiskey yeah, you, goes you, to 160 proof. Yep. If you kept going up to 190-something, yeah, it would be vodka. It would be vodka. Okay. And not in oak barrels. Yep. Right. What's barrel-aged vodka called? Gross. Whiskey? I think it's it's uh, absolute <laughs> elixir. I think they, they like they came out with one. Oh, oh really? It's actually a, so. There's a category that it's not a category. Oh, but it's, 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 a, it's just a thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All, All right. right. I think I got it now. I think I got it. Okay. So, and this is the wayward yep. line of of, uh, of whiskeys. I'm, I think I'm going to be delaying every time I say whiskey because I just need to check in my brain to make sure <laughs> it's actually a whiskey. Because again, I right. have no idea. I still feel really uncomfortable like picking stuff out of the and store. This is a rye whiskey. Yep, rye whiskey. A rye so that, whiskey. That's also a specific yeah, defined to, term. It has to be over fifty-one percent um, rye in the mash rye bill. malt. Okay, so, um, not, it doesn't have to be malted. It, oh, it's, yeah. So this, this oh. is not. It is unmalted rye. So we okay. take um, we take California rye. We we uh, as I said before, we we kind of cook it. Uh, we start off with a protein rest, um, a lot of beta glucans in, in that rye. So we're breaking that down trying to get rid of all those gums. Um, and then uh, we'll add other grains to it. So this the next grain that we added to it is uh, about 15% corn. Uh, we'll get that to a cook about 190 degrees for a couple hours. Corn, okay. So wow. uh, we're basically unmalted grains, um, um, high, um, uh, a lot of starches in it, but, there, but there's a high gelatization ratio. So we have to bring it up to a high temp to, to get that uh, – those starches soluble. Okay, all the chemistry yep. stuff out of there. Yep. Where do the enzymes come from to convert the starches into sugars? So mostly, so we'll cool it back down and we'll add malted barley to it. Um, oh, okay. Yep. After the cereal yep. step, okay. Yep. Or cooking. Like, Someone in the chat said a barrel aged vodka is imperial mild. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, that sounds like something I could get in into. In a beer term, yeah. yeah. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. All right, let's try it. Man, the, the aroma, is it the corn coming through? I, I've never smelled so a rye, rye whiskey like this. So, yeah. so the thing of rye is like, when we're fermenting, fermenting it, it smells like, like a barnyard. I mean, it's it's really hmm. grassy. Um, when you're tasting it, you're going to get the spicy characters from the rye. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. The corn brings some sweetness, some nutty notes to it. And nutty that's coming right yeah, now, yeah. Yeah, and then you'll get some bready notes coming from the wheat mm-hmm. and, the, and the malted barley. So it's a four-grain rye um, that we kind of mimic over the classic rye that were popular in the Northeast prior to Prohibition. And there's a, a kind of a raisiny thing, too, like a golden raisin, like a yellow raisin. Mm, yeah. Um, that's really good. What? What? Uh, that's really good. What would be the difference between using malted rye and unmalted? Because you said this has unmalted rye. About 60 in it. cents a pound. <laughs> oh, okay. But, so I wouldn't taste the difference. I would just pay the difference. Well, I don't know. I, we, we haven't done malted you know, rye whiskey, but yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely... That process is a little bit more expensive. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's next here? Give me your uh, uh, unused glass, Warren, and we'll just start reusing some of it. That has stuff in it. Don't give it to me. It has water in it. Thank you. Well, it did. Uh, there you go. That's Warren's glass. This will be my guy. No. Yeah, whatever. There you go. Thank you. All right, Warren, here you go. Sean, what, we, what is this? What are you pouring us? So this is the bourbon. So um, to be bourbon, basically, it's a fancy way of getting corn whiskey. Uh, it has to be fifty-one percent corn. Um, here. Okay, uh, bourbon. I've learned recently. Yes, is whiskey. Really, but it's not it, scotch. It, is it? Is all whiskey bourbon? Yeah. No. No. All bourbon. Good. Is you were almost wrong. <laughs> I was almost wrong. <laughs> 
And so, uh, so yeah. is there a minimum? 51%. So no, no uh, barrel at time. Is there it, a has to, it has to hit um, New American Oak. Um, just for, I mean, people can, you can, you could fill a barrel, empty it out two seconds later, it's still bourbon. As long as it spent some amount of time yep. in a barrel, <laughs> it's bourbon. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, I, th- I thought. American Oak. Okay. So. I heard that uh, you can't call it a bourbon unless it's from Bourbon County. Is that a rumor? Such, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Any, any, any distiller in, in the United States can produce a bourbon. Okay. Um, it's a distinctly an American spirit, so you can't make bourbon in, in Scotland. You can't make it in Taiwan. You can't make it in India. Okay. Um, you can only make it here. You can only make it here. Yeah. Why is that? Just from the ingredients and all it's that kind like of stuff? It's just like tequila. So it's, okay. it's, 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 we have a protected thing. Is, is there yes. some sort of trade agreement? We're doing it. Yeah. How did, who is keeping tabs on all of this? Who's uh, policing I'm this? I'm not sure. <laughs> I wish it was me. So I could, go, go I could, I could move outside the U.S. and make a bourbon, and there's nobody to come arrest me. Everyone would just be upset. Well, you probably... <laughs> They'd be mad. Yeah. yeah. They're they're mad that, that I'm making one in California. I mean, the Kentucky, really? Yeah, people, oh, really? Really? Yeah. Do you get that? I mean, are, are no, you? I, and we get people in the tasting room all the time. That's not a bourbon. It has to be made in Kentucky. Like so, they're mm. they're they're neophytes like me. They have either they have no idea or they just being jerks or both. They think they have an idea. Okay. So okay. Um, well, because because yeah. I would have done the same yeah. thing, not out loud, but I would have turned to my wife and be like, Dude, they can't, they can't. Yeah, but I have no idea. Yeah. It, aren't there like? Uh, Tennessee whiskey isn't that a protected? Oh yeah, and Kentucky is Kentucky, Kentucky bourbon well, an we, actual yeah, classification? It, it's you can't. I can't call this a Kentucky bourbon because it's not made in Kentucky. Okay, but um, they can't make a California bourbon and distill it in, in, in Kentucky either. So. There you go. Oh. We'll show them. Is, is this called a California bourbon? No. Or do you care that much? This is a Santa Cruz one. Oh, Santa Cruz <laughs> bourbon. Even more specific. Microclimate, yeah. baby. <laughs> Well, again, this is really de- this is really delicious. It's very soft. It's not it's not super aggressive, but there's a little bit of alcohol there, which obviously there should be. So you get some of those nutty corn notes right up front, just like yeah. those kind of on the ba- a little bit on the back end of the rye. That those are more present in this one. Yeah, and I was uh, the rye when I was smelling. I was like, God, it smells kind of like popcorn, but in a good way. And I don't know if that's a, a flaw or not or an insult, so I didn't say anything. But then the corn is in there. It kind of makes sense, you know what I mean? And and I feel like they're like the nutty aspect of a, of, of popcorn. Right, if if that makes sense. Obviously, not the buttery and thing. I'm not washer, talking about that. Yeah. Is uh, are are the um, I don't know what the term would be like adjuncts or the rest of the grain bill. How there's sixty percent rye, and then the rest is a blend of corn and wheat. So this bourbon's seventy five percent corn. Um, okay, malted barley and wheat. Okay, seventy five percent corn. Wow, <clears throat> is that? Considered high in the bourbon world, it's any, that's pretty typical. Anywhere from seventy-five to eighty percent, okay. or eighty-five percent is, is a typical mash bill. There's always some malted barley in there. Malted barley's got that a lot of enzymes in there. It, it's going to help in the fermentation, you know, the, in the the conversion process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's solid, man. Yeah, I like that. And you put these in cocktails, obviously, too, in the uh, in the tasting room. These are great in old fashions or Manhattans or Sazeracs. Yeah. Rye, rye whiskey oh, yeah. is perfect in a Sazerac. This one, uh, you know, uh, or bourbon, you know, Manhattan. Um, I would love a Sazerac. Yeah, I was rye. thinking about uh, the bourbon would be really nice in an old fashioned with a little totally. uh, yep. sugar and a little citrus. Yeah. Yeah. And a DD, designated driver. <laughs> Let's go. Right. Take me around. <laughs> yeah. Take me around, yeah. man. And so, last. This is the last one, right? So this is the single malt. This okay. is um, what we 
we produce the most of. It's our um, okay. popular whiskey, and it's um, you know it kind of follows an old beer recipe that I used to brew. Oh yeah, so it's got okay. a little bit of crystal malt in there. Nice, um, nice. Which brings out you'll get some of those notes in the finish. You'll get some chocolate, some toffee, some hazelnut kind of characters. Um, banana will come off first. Oh yeah, um, tons of banana, like banana bread. Even. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then that scotchy malt character comes on the palate. There's a little bit of smoke, probably you might get from um, the, the, yeah. the wood, but it's it's not it. There's no peat malt in this. Um, we just brewed and distilled our first peated whiskey. Is oh, the oh, the yeah. banana? Do you use a coming from a Belgian yeast? Or are you no, using it's, it, well, it's definitely coming through the fermentation. It's um, ten bananas per bottle. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, secret dry bananas. Dry but bananas. It's the same yeast that we use in, in um, the rye whiskey and the bourbon. Oh, okay. So. But yeah. we're, we're going to be playing around with different different yeast. Um, we've done it a little bit already, but um, I think you can bring out a lot more character um, with uh, with different yeast. Wow, yeah. it's definitely a spicy, lot, a lot more yeah, some, like cinnamon notes to in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 a lot more character than than I would expect from a single malt that's not smoked. Remind me again what a single malt is. Uh, well, it's a malt whiskey. Okay. Um, they in Scotland, you, uh, a single malt would typically be a, a whiskey distilled at one distiller. Um, they're not bringing any grain spirits. They're not blending any whiskeys from um, any other other distiller. It's 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 basically like an estate, you know. Okay. Um, but to, in in the United States, we're just basically saying it's 100 percent malted barley whiskey. Um, okay. No corn. No. Yeah. yeah okay. We're. Uh, I think there's a there's a group of us distillers that are working on a classification um, for American single malt whiskeys and and this one is aged in New American oak so it's it's uh, it's um, but there 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 are people fighting to remove that class that that requirement um, so it could kind of real compete on, on a stylistic wise with uh, some of the Japanese and Scotch whiskeys. So okay, do our since single malt in Scotland refers to the fact that it's just not diluted. Or not it's not, mixed, blend, not, not blended. blended with with grain whiskeys from other distillers. It's it's a hundred percent their whiskey, um, all hundred percent malt. So so do they use things besides malted barley? Yeah, they'll be wheat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You'll find wheat whiskeys or wheat will get blended in um, through the blended process. So they they're misling us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Everything I've had has been great, Sean. I really appreciate you dragging all this down here, man. Or up here, I guess, yep. I should say. Yeah, this has been awesome. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so where can people find you? I did have someone in the chat room asking if you have product in SoCal. We do. Yeah, you can find us um, in, in various places around Southern California. Um, we're in okay. places like Whole Foods and BevMo and um, some Total Wines. Um you can look at our website. There's a whole list of stuff. Okay. But, um, VenusSpirits.com. Yeah, especially places like Cano Wines does a great job for us down there. Um, yeah. I highly suggest uh, going to the website because they do have a whole cocktail section where they give you um, ingre- uh, not ingredients, but uh, thank you very much. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, recipes, man. The uh, Ramos Gin Fizz, which is a really good, uh, a really good drink. All sorts of stuff. Are you only available personally. in California? Yeah. Sorry. Yep. We're uh, you can. There are some online retailers that'll ship through other states throughout the country, but um, I think there's and there's I think for Oregon is ordered a little bit and, and Wyoming's ordered a little bit, but we're not like widely available in those states. So, is that your goal? 
My, or are you well, trying to stay regional? You know, it's 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 we're we're in about 400 locations in in California, uh-huh. um, and given our size, it's uh, we can still grow within California, and it's there's the challenge is is growing and keeping products on the shelves everywhere. Um, you got to once you open that door, you got to mm-hmm. keep that door open. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not really willing to to go out of state yet because okay. i just don't have the capacity for it but, yeah um and as we have brought on more capacity it's all been filled up with local stuff so it's been okay <laughs> yeah man i want to i want to keep you here and, and talk more about the industry and all that kind of stuff man but uh we've already been going at it for almost an hour and a half so oh, wow. wow uh yeah i know right uh so i'm gonna let you go but uh everybody out there check out venusspirits.com they're in santa cruz on uh, Swift Street, they have a tasting room uh, with cocktails, like we talked about, and uh, I'm excited about that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, super so, cool place to go grab a cocktail and also get a flight too. And you're when you're sitting at the bar, you can literally look over and see the distillery, so you're sitting right in it. Really? Yeah, man, I like that. That's yeah. good stuff. So you get to see everything. <laughs> I like seeing everything. Uh, okay, yeah, Sean, again, thank you. Sean oh, Venus from you. Venus uh, Spirits. Warren, <clears throat> I think you did great. I think you're oh, handsome, and I think you're, you. you're wow. more handsome wow. now somehow at the end of the show than you were at the beginning. Right, because you'll have to see me for another 10 seconds. Well, it's probably like the 100 spirits that we had today. <laughs> I feel you like the spirit we, goggles? I, yeah, I, I feel this, the spirits moves me. <laughs> All we, right. We had a whole seance here, and it was... That's maybe we should have called it the seance uh, podcast. No, that's stupid. Yeah, maybe the spirit will take us home. <laughs> yeah, I hope so this. too, man. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in to our show here at Heads and Tail Podcast. Thank you very much to our sponsor, our title sponsor of the show, Pico Brew. You can go to picobrew.com uh, to learn more about their Pico still. If you want to distill your own water, your own essences, your own hops, that kind of stuff, if you're into brewing, they have you, uh, they have you pinned, man. Otherwise, uh, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye.